he was he would sleep on the job. He had one of those weird jobs where he would just go up. He was like uh, in a warehouse, and he would go up and sleep somewhere in the warehouse. And he would wake her up by poking her. Just sit on the bed and poke her. He's watching videos and stuff. Every time she fell asleep, he pokes her. You know the, another word for that? Torture. Sleep deprivation is an enhanced interrogation technique. But abuse in Christian marriages, when does someone who says they're a Christian uh, but isn't acting like a Christian be considered a non-Christian? And I yeah. know you touched on that a second ago, but um, I don't know. There just should not be abuse in Christian marriages, and unfortunately right. there just is. Yeah, yeah. So um, let me just first answer the question of why this is so important. Why? Because you know, and you've seen how I work this into my understanding of divorce and remarriage and justified instances of separation and divorce. Um, Because the Bible says Christian couples who separate for some reason, that they should just work on getting back together. That's the general rule. But if you have an unbelieving spouse who's not willing to live with you, you can be freed from that marriage. This isn't because you want out. This is they, they, they're leaving out. They leave. So, um, yeah, how do we apply this? How do we apply this? Um, I extend this principle. I'll, I'll actually read you the verse. So 1 Corinthians 7.15, if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. Because, uh, in such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. I take that phrase, not enslaved, to mean you're not bound to the marriage if they're going to depart from you and they're an unbeliever. And so then the question is, well, what if... Uh, is a Christian who's departing from me. Or perhaps, because I would extend this to the issue of extreme abuse. Um, and I'll give you an example of biblically. Um, whose fault was it that Saul fled, or David fled from Saul, King Saul, when he was trying to kill him? Well, that was Saul's fault, right? And David goes off. He literally takes military people who belong to the country with him out of the country. Like that's, that's like high treason under any other circumstance. But we all say, but Saul was trying to kill you so it's okay. There's, there's a scenario where the f- fleeing is proper and appropriate, and I think that applies to marriages, and that's when extreme danger, extreme abuse, life and health are at risk. Um, then I would add a, another layer onto this, which you could feel free to disagree with me on this if you like. I believe it's solidly <laughs> biblical. Um, that since the separation can be the fault of the abuser who caused it, it can be viewed as a non-believer who separates from a spouse. You were not bound by that marriage. This is like a rare circumstance, but it's one where I'm not going to trap a, a spouse into that scenario. So what if you fled and the abuser is a Christian, or if they left you and they're a Christian, are you still married but separated forever? Are you enslaved in that marriage relationship? And I think in some circumstances, we can treat believers as unbelievers in Scripture, and we're supposed to apply it to that scenario. Does that make sense? That's why the question matters. Like, yeah, when, when do I justify this kind of separation into a divorce. And um, Matthew 18, Jesus, the passage I read earlier, he's like, hey, they sin against you, go to them. That doesn't work. Go with two or three, establish a matter. That doesn't work. Bring the church. And if they won't listen to the church, let it be to you as a what? As a heathen or tax collector, which we're not meant to be insulting terms. It means you're not part of the body. What do we do with heathens and tax collectors? We evangelize them. We don't spit on them as we walk by. Like We're like, hey, we want you to be saved, but we don't treat you like a Christian. We treat you like a non-believer. Ta- tax collectors are like, what are you talking about? Like first century context, guys, it matters. But anyway, some other time. Um, so uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 5 also goes into this, a whole chapter on this topic about when we can take a, a believer and treat them as a non-believer. And the commonalities are that they will not, that they're in great serious sin continually. They will not repent. They won't respond to individual or church group 
church attempts to bring reconciliation and change. If they won't listen to Jesus or the church and their serious sin, you could treat them as an unbeliever. It doesn't mean they're not saved. I don't know where their heart is. I can treat them as an unbeliever. That's the key here. I hope that makes sense. So um, this is how it works. Your Christian spouse wants to divorce you. Step one, you deal with your issues first. Get the plank out of your own eye. Seek reconciliation. Seek restoration. Do everything you can. Step two, you work with your spouse. You try to labor with them. You try to work on the marriage with them. Step three, you, you bring one or two other people. You bring one or two other people with you. Matthew 18, right? You're going to bring that counsel in. Step four, that doesn't work and there's serious sin going on. You, you bring in the church. And the church actually, church discipline should happen. I'm sorry if it doesn't happen in some cases. If these steps aren't optional for you because your church just refuses to be involved, then you have to move past them. You have no choice. You did what you could. Um, step five, if the leaders agree, he's tre- he, then he is to be treated as an unbeliever. And 1 Corinthians 7 applies to that marriage too. You have a Christian who won't stay with you or who drives you out through extreme abuse. Now, they won't listen to the church. They're to be treated as an unbeliever. You're not enslaved. That sounds like kind of a convoluted and complicated way to get around to it. Um, but I think that that's because these are extreme situations. If, if God makes it too prevalent in Scripture, sometimes we talk about abuse and it's almost as though we treat it like it's a constant issue that every marriage is experiencing. And the word abuse is so flexible mm-hmm. that everybody, I mean, there's times I've abused my wife then too. And there's times she's abused me, right? Because I misused our relationship. It's like, you have to be careful that you're, right. you're like, is it really legit to flee? Okay. But how do you answer that question without accidentally trapping someone in an abuse situation or accidentally giving someone permission to flee when they shouldn't? Right. I can't. It's going to be individual we, we just, you can't. You just have to deal with the scenarios as they come up because life is so weird. An example I give is a husband who wouldn't let his wife sleep. He did this by, uh, now you'd be like, you can't, your husband wakes you up. My husband snores like crazy. I'm not leaving him, you know? Like, right. um, no, he would, he, was, he would sleep on the job. He had one of those weird jobs where he would just go up. He was like uh, in a warehouse and he would go up and sleep somewhere in the warehouse. And he would wake her up by poking her. Just sit on the bed and poke her. He's watching videos and stuff. Every time she fell asleep, he pokes her. You know the, another word for that? Torture. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding. Like, sleep, how many of you guys have had insomnia? Right, it, it's pretty torturous, right? Imagine someone doing it to you on purpose. Like, that's actual torture. This is like sleep deprivation is an enhanced interrogation technique. Um, she can leave. But if she heard me say, just because your husband won't let you sleep doesn't mean you can leave your marriage. I could unintentionally trap someone who's experiencing extreme abuse. But if I say, if he won't let you sleep, you can leave your marriage, I could potentially destroy a bunch of marriages that shouldn't be. So we can't make hard and fast rules about abuse. Life is too weird. Abuse is too weird. Sin makes things complicated. It gets complicated. But if the husband or wife will not listen to Christ or the church, and they're continual in rebellion against God, then they can be treated as an unbeliever, whether they are or not, and that could include um, justifying a divorce if separation or abuse is causing it. 